Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today we're going to talk a lot about uh, what it's like to, to launch a new version of your app or a new app. This is launch day, planning launch day, and then what actually happens on launch day. Now, David, you recently went through a, a, a notable launch of one of your notable products. Um, do you mind telling us about that? Sure. So, yeah. So the part of this idea for to do this was I recently launched a big update to my sleep tracker for the Apple Watch Sleep Plus Plus. And it's been, it had been a while since I'd gone through the process of like, okay, this is like whenever you like some updates you just kind of put out without really any desire or goal or you know need for attention. But every now and then you find yourself in a place that you're like, this is, you know, one of those off things that I, if I, if possible, I would really like people to pay attention to. Like, I think it's worthwhile. I think it's interesting. It's compelling. But I like, how do I get that out? And so for, you know, for C++, I went through all the sort of the steps that we're about to talk about of like trying to understand like what I'm, what is compelling? What is interesting? What is the message about why this is worth paying attention to? And like, who should I tell? Um, and trying to work that out and writing a bunch of emails and preparing blog posts and eventually putting it out, putting it out in the store. And thankfully, uh, it had a really nice reception. It got picked up in a lot of places and had good downloads. And so overall, I would say it was a success. And so hopefully I we can talk through this process and you know other people can learn from the, the mistakes and the lessons we have, we've both had from, you know, we've probably each probably launched at least you know, several, like dozens of these kind of big updates where you're like, well, you know, how am I going to get attention for it? And hopefully it's something to learn in that process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, like almost every update or launch, it has some degree of underlying stress and preparation <laughs> and anxiety until it's actually like in people's hands and and seemingly not totally broken. <laughs> but but certainly like the the big ones like in the next version of Overcast um I'm planning on calling it version 2.5 you know because it's it, it, I've made a lot of improvements since 2.0 and I feel like I kind of half want it to be a big deal like it isn't a 3.0 but it is a substantial improvement over 2.0 uh in a number of areas so that's why I feel like okay 2.5 I feel like it it deserves that level of like of PR if that makes sense do you ever do like a 0.5 or you just go you know I think I tend to do just, I would just call it the next big number because the number only sort of matters. Um, and it's just a much clearer message often maybe to just say like, you know, this is, it's like if people understand what, if the first number gets bigger, typically that means big, cool stuff. Um, whereas 0.5, like unless you realize that the previous version wasn't 0.4, um, that wouldn't be as significant. Um, but I definitely have that, that same thought of it's like, you're trying to weigh when you do an update of like, is this, how notable is this? Because I feel like you only have a certain amount of attention that you can reasonably expect to sort of garner with any update, you know? And so if every single update I did, every minor bug fix, every little change I made to the app, I should have treated it as though it was a big deal. I would very quickly sort of dilute any... Uh, credence I had with people in the press or with my audience and you kind of have like the boy who cried wolf problem and like no one would pay mm -hmm. attention and so I, I definitely see when you say like it's a it's kind of like half a big deal you're kind of signaling that and indicating like hey you know I'm, I know this isn't as this massive important thing and that's okay you know but it's important so maybe take a look at it um, but just being honest about that and finding that balance of like how important it is in reality versus you know how um, how often you can sort of bang on bang on the drum and say hey come and look at me 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, really, like when you're talking about version numbering, I mean, your users will so rarely even see the version number. I mean, you know, they will notice when they launch the app, which has been auto-updated, and it looks different. You know, but they won't notice that. Oh, the the version number in the store is now a new even number because they're not going to look at the release notes. Nobody looks at the release notes anymore on iOS. Yeah. Um, and so, it really, it's it's mostly a signal, in my opinion, is the version number and the major versus minor improvement numbers are mostly a signal to the press. It's like you like you are kind of using the version number to tell the press when it's a big deal. So if you have you know if you have reached version four after five years that you know that's worth somebody paying a little bit of attention to at least you know that's worth like okay you know i have this giant email inbox as as a as a press person i have all these people pitching me on what new app updates and what new apps they have but oh this this app i've heard of for five years just released version 4.0 i want to at least read that and pay attention to that um and you're right like totally like the the cried wolf situation happens where I mean, what version is Chrome and Firefox running now? <laughs> sure. They're in like the 40s and 50s now or something, right? I mean, like, you know, they, they've decided that that no longer matters. And, and that's fine. There's, there's advantages to that too. Um, but for, I, I think for, for indie apps, um, absolutely, you know, use version numbering and, and major versus minor as like a, you know, a way to signal to the press when something is, is important and worth further consideration and coverage. Yeah, because I think, and it's also probably worth saying, like, in all of your preparations for this kind of marketing, this type of trying to, you know, trying to get attention, the most important, like, advice I could ever give to somebody is to try and be, make sure that you have a very clear and concise story about what's changed, why that's important, um, that, you know, if you sent, if you can't tell somebody in two or three sentences what's changed, why this would be interesting, what's about, you know, if it's a new app, like why this app is new, is new or interesting or, you know, is worth paying attention to, you're really going to struggle. And all of these little things is trying to boil the coolness of your update down to something very concise. And so if you can say like, here is 2.0, it does X, Y, and Z you're in a much better place than it's like, oh, it does 50 new things or 100 new things. That's not really a compelling. It needs to be something that's a very clear story. And you may need to structure the changes you make to fit a story. Um, Like sometimes I'll look at that and I'll have kind of like features that are added into that are part of the update, but aren't really important. And I won't really mention them in any of my in my update notes, because I find it's better to be able to say like, you know, this update is all about this. Like, here's the theme of what's going on. Um, because A, it's easier for someone in the press to write a story about. And B, it's just easier to understand both to someone in the press or to just a customer. If they they go to the app store and they see, like, click on the what's new section. And it's like, this app, this is now better because X. Like, the sleep analysis engine can now, um, you know, differentiate between multiple different sleep types and giving you better data. Like that's a simple, straightforward story, and like that was most of what in my recent C plus plus update was about. Like that was the story I was pitching. It included a whole bunch of other fixes and changes and improvements, but like that was the story that I was telling, and that makes it simpler because like you want to end up with something that you'd be, so, have someone look at and be like, "Oh wow, that's cool. I want to download that or I want to explore that more." Or if you're in a press and you got fifty pitches, like what's the thing that's going to hook them and make them want to you know continue reading um, your just you know like your description or your your pitch. 
Well, and, and this doesn't apply only to like 2.0, 3.0 kind of updates. This applies to the entire app. This applies to your 1.0, if not even more so. Because, you know, your app, I, I, this is kind of like what I, was, what I was talking about in my NS conference talk last year about app marketing, um, where like your app, if, if you can't boil down why somebody should care about it at all in one or two sentences, uh, it's going to be very hard to get attention and to get press um, or at least to get to get attention that lasts. And you can do it, you know, you can have like an everything text editor that just you can do everything with this app, you know, or, you know, an everything, some some kind of like everything bucket, like, oh, you can capture all your data and organize it, you know, like something very vague, but, you know, that it's very hard to stand out from the crowd with that. Or if you say like, you know, this is the, the iOS audio editor with 300 plugins, like, okay, like that, that doesn't. It doesn't tell as compelling of a story as if you can boil it down to a few specific, noteworthy, and, and, and useful-sounding or compelling-sounding specific bullet points about, like, my app does these three things, period. And then version two has these, like, two or three big changes that will help you. And, yeah, and what, you're right. Like, one of those changes should not be fixed 60 bugs. Like, because that's, you know... That's no one needs to be announced to that you fixed bugs like that you should be fixing bugs and you shouldn't even need to like use PR to advertise that you are fixing bugs. You should just fix them. (laughs) That's that's it. Like that. And the reason why somebody should care about your new version is not because you fixed more bugs from the previous one. That's kind of an insult to your own product. (laughs) Like fix the bugs. Yeah. But also have other reasons that people should care about and kind of downplay the bug fixing if you can like summarize it all as one bullet point bug fixes and improvements you know like i always in my blues notes i always have like you know like like the the top few bullets of of my change logs in ios will always be like you know interesting features like if i have to remove something that'll be up top that's usually not the case um otherwise it'll be like you know interesting high like kind of compelling things in those first few bullets and then the lower ones like that'll be i'll consolidate almost everything else that nobody cares about into a single bullet that says you know bug fixes and other minor improvements because nobody cares that oh i increased the artwork size by four pixels you know it doesn't matter yeah and i think this is the kind of thing that it's an important distinction that I know I, I it took a long time for me to learn as I started making apps is marketing and PR is a different thing than software engineering and like making things and not necessarily that it's in a, like I still in all of my marketing materials like strive to be like honest and clear and straightforward but it's not that I I want to tell people things that is that are going to be attractive and interesting and, you know, sell my app to them. Like I'm selling to them. And I, w- and I want to emphasize the, 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 the good and downplay the bad, because if I don't, it's not going to be compelling. And like your example with, with bug fixes is a great one there, because while it's true that you fixing 60 bugs may actually be important and have made the app way, way better and be a really important thing. What you're saying when you do that, say that like the message that's, sends to your customers it's like it's like here is here's my app now it's less terrible (laughs) yep and and that's not compelling like you don't want it to say you don't want to tell somebody hey here's this thing that's less terrible than it used to be you want it you know like it's it has to have that positive exciting interesting flair to it it's like it's awesome because of this and you know emphasizing things like fixing bugs isn't probably going to be it it's like you want to have something that is going to be you know have that positive impact on them rather than yeah like less worse 
that's probably <laughs> that, that, that's pretty that's a pretty low bar to try and get someone's attention exactly so once you have like the story you've come up with what is this compelling feature set what is this thing this hook that you're going to give to people like the next thing you have to kind of work through is who are you actually going to tell it seems and like obviously you'll talk to your friends and your family colleagues like you kind of your network but inevitably to have any kind of big splash you need to reach out to like the press and these are all kinds of people they could be from you know websites from blogs podcasts um youtubers yeah it could be yeah whatever like youtubers dwarf our audiences just for the record (laughs) like if you can get mkbhd to talk about something that's so much better than like any tech blog you've ever heard of yeah and you need to reach out to them and one thing i always wanted to mention here is it's okay for that to be really really scary because i've been doing this a long time i've been you know like an independent developer for almost eight years now i think or seven years and it's still every time I sit down to write an email to someone in the press, many of these people who I know personally now, who I'm like good friends with and, you know, we'll, we'll meet up when we're in the same town and things. It still is scary because whenever you actually have to put like, you know, v- virtual pen to ink kind of thing, it's like you have to say, OK, I think this is cool. Like, I hope you do, too. And there's a certain vulnerability about that, because if they come back and say, I don't think that's actually very cool or interesting, like that's kind of not great but you have to kind of work past that and understand that like well you worked on this for a long enough time you owe it to your app and to yourself to put your best foot forward and to move past that and to say like oh no these are the people i respect uh because like if if ever people ever ask me like who who i should reach out to it's like well reach out to the people whose opinions you would respect and people who when they recommend apps you you know, you, you treat that with, a, you know, with, with a fair bit of regard because presumably there's reasons why you think that and there's reasons that other people would think that too. Yeah, and, you know, it takes it takes a certain degree of, like, getting over the shyness factor that, like, that you kind of alluded to. Like, you know, like a lot of developers that kind of just want to be Steve Wozniak. Like, just, I'll just make something cool and the world will respect it, I guess, but I'm not going to, like, be out there being the showman. You know, because like a lot of developers, that's just not the kind of personality that that we often have, and uh, and you know the fact is that that's not enough. Like these days, like that that's enough when it was 1970s, whatever, and there were no other computers out there, and Steve Wozniak was making brilliant things that like a few other people discovered because they were brilliant, and there wasn't much else out there. That that worked then, but that wouldn't work today in a very very crowded market where. If you don't get some kind of recognition to make you stand out from the crowd, then no one's ever going to find you. Like, and and so you you have to to some degree be willing to take on the role of being the show person for your app and and be and developing some kind of quick pitch to be able to brag about it to say, you know, not to say like I'm the greatest person in the world, but. I've made this app that's really cool and useful for for this for this short list of reasons or for this you know for this use case that you might have, um, and you have to be able to communicate that clearly and confidently, uh, because if if you can't, it's very unlikely anybody else will do it for you these days because they won't ever see you, they won't ever find you. Yeah, and it's also I think worth mentioning here that this is the place that I think you often run into the like. You look at someone who has been doing this for longer and you see the size of the audience they have and you see the sort of the splash that they're able to get. 
Um, and it's easy to kind of look at that and be like, well, that's fine for them, but I'm never going to get there. I've never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality, and this, like, I think back to myself, like many years ago, it's like when I, I, I've been do, I'm doing the same things now, but I get a, have a bigger audience for them. But like when I launched it and launched an app back there, I still wrote a blog post. I would still try and reach out to as much of the press as I could. I would do all the same things. And A, that was good practice when for, for getting good at that when there's a smaller attention on it. So you can build the skill. Um, but it's also the understanding that like that's just what you have to do to ever get to that point. Like no one just one day turned around and all of a sudden had this massive audience with a big following that when they put something out, got a lot of attention. Like you build that over time. And the only way you're ever going to get there is to get started. Like there's no point in saying like, well, it's like, I I may not as as well even start, even try because I'm never going to get to where they are. It's like, well, okay. I guess if you don't try, you're definitely never going to get there. But if you want to get there, if you want to have um, a successful business that gets a lot of attention and can, you know, lots of downloads, you're going to have to start by, you know, doing the things that other people do and understand that to start with, maybe that'll go slowly. But over time, if what you're making is good, in my experience, it will find its audience and it will, you know, gather its success and you'll end up in the place that of those people that um, have been doing it for you know for longer because some of it's you, there's no shortcut like the only shortcut is experience and you just have to keep trying and trying and trying again exactly and also before we move off the topic of promotion um two quick things that that are not to be discounted and that, that are very important here number one don't forget to promote to non-tech sites that might be relevant to your app so look around if your app is not just like how to sort your rss feeds like if if it's something that is that is not just appealing to the people who read sites about ios apps and iphone news and stuff like look around and see you know are you making a a, an app that is like you know like you have my recipe book right do you you still maintain that right yeah 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 so like that's an app for baking and recipes and cooking like go to blogs that have audiences that are about cooking with recipes and using ipads in the kitchen like you know, something like, like go, you go to relevant places for any non-tech uh interests and you know go to those blogs and everything because like look every and this goes for the tech blogs too these blogs and everything they they want good stuff to post they it, you know if they're trying to make one to five posts a day or whatever you know depending on the site could be more than that if it's Renee Ritchie <laughs> you know it's man that guy's a machine <laughs> you know you're trying to make you know you, these sites need stuff to write about they need content you are doing them a favor by giving them something good and they are out there looking for something good to write about every single day so you know the demand is there and the the more narrow you can go with the site uh the better it will be for your for your chances of of them writing about it you know if, if you have any kind of narrow appeal the other the other thing i want to mention is use apple promotion as well you know the app store has a similar issue of they every thursday they put in a whole new set of apps and by the way there's not just one app store all over the world each each like category like each region of the world has its own editorial selections in the app store uh usually and so you have all these different app store editorial teams looking for apps to feature in all these different categories and all these different subcategories all these different special collections and especially around like new new ios releases if you're taking advantage of new apis or anything Apple wants to feature good apps, especially if they are making Apple's technologies and devices look good. Uh, so 
first of all, that that should maybe be consideration when you're designing your app. Uh, but second of all, you know, once you are ready to launch your app, they Apple's been telling us for the last couple of uh, of events they do for developers now. There's a there's an email address I believe off the top of my head I believe it's App Store Promotion at Apple.com is that right Dina that sounds right so we'll we'll look it up we'll confirm but I believe it's App Store Promotion at Apple.com and you're and they they actually ask you to please email them there you know maybe maybe four to six weeks ahead of your intended release. And, you know, tell them about the app, tell them when you plan to launch, what your, you know, what your marketing plan also includes. So, so you know, because they don't want to feel like the only, the only, the only people promoting you. Um, but, you know, tell them about your app and, and tell them why it's cool. Maybe show them, you, you can send them beta builds, you know, they might not ever use them, but it's worth, you know, attaching a two meg email attachment or whatever, <laughs> like go for it. Um, you know, use that. And look, they might say no, but they're actually asking developers well, knowing Apple, they would probably say nothing rather than no. But they're, you know, you're not bothering them. You're not putting them out by sending them an email saying, "Hey, this is what my app is going to do." You know, I, I'd love it if you consider featuring it or promoting it or whatever. Because they're actually asking us to do that. They're asking developers, please email us with your promotions at this at this email address that includes promotion in the email address. <laughs> Like, this is exactly what this is for. So use that. And chances are, most of the time, it won't work out. But sometimes it will, and that'll be worth it. Exactly. And I think that. To close up at the discussion of the materials you're putting together, I also want to emphasize the importance of what you put in iTunes Connect, because the reality is like your description there, your screenshots, especially your screenshots, are the thing that most people, um, that's all they're really going to know about your app is what they see there. And from Apple's perspective, I imagine that is the first thing they look at. Like, how does this app, how will this app look in the App Store? Um, and if it doesn't look good, if your screenshots are all like, you know, messy and ugly and you have your status bar is, isn't cleaned up or all those types of things that can make 1% it look compelling. battery life. Yeah. Like it's not compelling. You have to make like, that is the place that is going to be the longest lived like attention and marketing tool for your app is what your screenshots look like, your icon looking good and your description being clear and concise. And if you do those things, you have a much better, bigger chance of getting Apple's attention, you know, because when the app store reviewers look at it, like if they, if it's easy for them to understand and get your hook and what's important, why it's, why this is cool, it's more likely they're going to forward that onto editorial. And every time your customer comes to the app store and opens up the page, you want it to make that, you have that impact and have that same kind of like, oh, wow, yep, I want this. This is cool. I need to try this out. Next, we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to launch an app. But before we do that, could you tell me about something awesome, Marco? This week's episode is brought to you by Tapstream. You've invested months building your app, fought the good fight with Xcode, and have used NSLog more times than you'd care to admit. Now comes the really ugly part, marketing your app. No amount of sweating the code will change the fact that this is something that you need to do. Tapstream is a company built by app makers who were annoyed that the big guys like Zynga and King had in-house marketing tools that gave them an unfair advantage. So Tapstream set out to change that. They assist you at every step of the marketing cycle. You start with tracking installs and engagement to understand where to focus your marketing dollars or attention. Tapstream also lets you show new users personalized welcome screens that speak directly to them based on the marketing campaign that brought them to your app. These screens are fully edited and controlled from Tapstream's dashboard, allowing you to ask for newsletter signups, give tips, or free in-app currencies to users acquired through specific channels. You can easily implement iOS 9.2-style universal deep links in minutes and get to see all the click data associated with each link. 
TapStream even lets you quickly add a full referral program to your app, getting users to invite their friends and receive rewards for successful installs. As developers, we often bristle when somebody mentions marketing, but marketing doesn't have to be a dirty word. TapStream's suite of tools is built for mobile developers by mobile developers. This means they're highly focused on making the easiest-to-use platform with tools that can be deployed quickly. Get started today with the SDK in just a few minutes and implement any product within an hour. Tapstream is offering all Under the Radar listeners a 30-day free trial and a permanent 50% discount on Marketing Pro accounts. That's pretty cool. This includes all platform features and products, permanent 50% discount. This includes analytics, deep links, app invites, and campaign landers. Visit tapstream.com slash UTR today. That's tapstream.com slash UTR to sign up today. Thank you very much to Tapstream for sponsoring Under the Radar and all of Relay FM. Okay. So now that you've, you know, you've come up with your compelling narrative, you've uh, put together... Um, a, a, a pitch. You're, you've sent that out to both the press, to Apple, to your friends, your family, to everybody you know. Now it's time to actually launch your app. And this is where it gets both kind of terrifying and exciting because you get to pick a date. You know, typically I have, I tend to launch apps uh, like at a predetermined date. Like it's probably not a great idea to say like just release whenever this gets approved because you have no idea when that is. It could be in the middle of the night. It could be on a weekend. It could be whenever. So like when you're submitting it, say like hold for developer release. Um, and especially if you have a particular date, that's often helpful with like the press. If you say, hey, I'm going to launch next Thursday or on a particular date so that they can write their piece ahead of time and know when it is. And I imagine most of these publications have schedules they're trying to keep to. And by the way, this also matters for Apple promotion purposes. This is why you see so many releases on Monday and Tuesday, because if you do it earlier in the week, remember I said Apple, as you probably know, App Store um, features cycle on Thursdays, which means they probably have to decide by like Tuesday or Wednesday what's going to be in them. And so if you can launch on Monday or Tuesday, if there's going to be any other press regarding your app that that you might anticipate or if it's going to make a big splash or you think it might make a big splash or you hope it might maybe someday maybe you know might if there's any chance of being there being a big splash release it on a monday or tuesday because then the apple review the apple editorial teams will have a chance to see any other press about it notice it and maybe put it in that week but if you release on a thursday when they just cycle out the apps it's more likely you're going to get missed exactly and once you pick your day you're going to put it out there and then you just hit go like it'll have you know you're, you're going to need to re- just like release it and the actual day is kind of fun i mean i don't it's it's kind of weird being being i think we're both independents and so like for the most part so much of our work is kind of lonely for lack of a better word like Aww. which it's well you know it's like we're just it's just us sitting at our at a desk doing work and solitary it's solitary. Solitary is maybe a, <laughs> That's a, a nicer a, word. A, a less sad word than lonely. <laughs> yeah. My but, dog is usually in the office with me. There you go. But it's a, the, the, like launch days are fun because it's kind of like we have permission to, uh, or like people interact more. I don't know. It, it's like, it's, a, it's more of a community outside like, external event rather than just being something that we're doing. Like the development part is just sort of us, you know, us at a computer working, but launch day it's, like the whole point is to talk to people about what you're doing and to be out and about and whether that's on social media or on in emails with customers or whatever it is like it's kind of can be fun and exciting and you obviously you're on the lookout for bugs and issues and problems but it's also you're on the lookout for people you know people saying wow this is awesome i love it and you know kind of having that kind of positive affirmation that is super cool yeah and really you know it's 
hopefully you have a chance to like sit back and enjoy it you know like if your servers are exploding that's a different story but that probably won't happen and and hopefully you can just sit back and enjoy it because it really is nice to to have worked for all that time and then to have any you know whether it's like you know five people or 500 people to have anybody tell you like hey this is really cool like this is or 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 to see other people talking about the app who don't even know you to say like hey look at look at this cool app that i that just launched or that i just found uh that's it's incredibly fulfilling yeah and it's also probably something that i know it was a sort of like a discipline i had to get into but it was the importance of actually making sure that we do take the time to celebrate these kinds of things Uh, because i remember like when i used to work in a like an office job uh, you know, it, when we finished a big project or had a big milestone, like, you know, we'd all go out to lunch together and, you know, have a big thing. Like there was an, an environment where like it made sense, like as the team to go and celebrate. And I know I had to learn that's like just because I'm an independent, just because it's there's not a bigger team, that doesn't mean I shouldn't celebrate. So like I try very hard in our family, like when I do a big launch or something, like I talk to my kids about it. I talk, you know, me and my wife will sometimes like you know have a special dinner. We'll do something to try and make it special to not like just discount like well because just because I'm by myself like it is kind of it would be kind of silly for me to just like be down in my basement by myself popping the, you know popping open a champagne bottle and being like pouring one glass like that's not very interesting but doing that with my wife or doing that with my you know having a a special dinner with my family or something is an important way of kind of building that because it helps motivate you to keep going like it makes it exciting to get to the end um which is sometimes important like the you know three weeks before when you're kind of really stuck dredging through problems and bugs to look forward to like hey i look forward to when i can celebrate this and you know make that an exciting process yeah, that's really cool. That's something that I, that you taught me too a while ago, and and I've learned from that, and have really really enjoyed it since then. So anyway, we're out of time for today. This is the end. We can celebrate. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we will uh, see you next week, where we will be talking about designing for misuse of services and apps. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>